We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATB Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. This is Dr. June with WATB TV. Listen, I am talking to you, my closest friends, just to make you aware of some things that are happening uh, right now that my messages are blowing up. My texting is blowing up. People are like, what is going on in the White House? What is going on in Washington? So I just wanted to bring these things to your attention because I don't even know if the mainstream media is covering this. Uh, so let me just get this out here uh, real quick. That These are some things that I think you just need to be made aware of, Brad. Okay. Uh, and also, I want to say this. I am very thankful to you, uh, Brad, for supporting me. I'm very grateful for you sending me news. Uh, you help me to stay on top of this because remember, I'm just one person, but I am in obedience and I'm trying to do my best. Amen. So let's go over here. I am sharing my screen and uh, please let me know that you can hear me well. Let me see. Man. So, oh, you go can. Over good. Here. Okay, you can. Very good. Okay, so let me uh, get this going. Hold on. Now, I don't, this is just from my website. I just wanted to show you what my website looks like. Y'all need to check this out sometimes because we post the news on here all the time. Okay. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but they just did a sacrifice in Israel. Did y'all know about this? Uh, they did a sacrifice with the 70 nations, which I've been trying to tell y'all about the Noahide laws. I know there's been many people trying to debunk me uh, on Facebook, but people, let me tell you something. I do a lot of research, 
and I am just trying to warn you, okay? And I just left the UN. So um, I'm trying to make you aware of some things uh, so that you understand the biblical proportion of the times that we're in, okay? So this right here is from the website Breaking Israel News, okay? And it says nations, this article is from September 2nd. It says nations invited for animal sacrifice on Mount of Olives, renewing Noah's covenant. Now, this is a part of the Noahide laws, which let me go over here and show you to many of you out there trying to debunk me. Let me just kind of educate you for a minute. Okay, you need to check this stuff out. Okay, they are in the UN. They are very heavily involved. They've already got a lot of things passed in the UN. Look, the world is better with religion because why? What they're doing is pulling together a one world religion. Okay, so they are trying to educate everybody. Here's the seven Noahide laws. Okay. This is Orthodox Jews. Okay, and then it says Rabbi Goldstein at the UN. Okay, UNGA, which is where I was at. Okay, it's the UN General Assembly. And check this out yourself, Bride. I am merely giving you uh, things that you need to research. They have the Noahide Codes, the events. Many videos where they're trying to convince society this is the way to go, okay? Which I've been warning you about all of uh, Israel, the uh, trying to pull people back to the Hebraic roots, uh, which is getting them to get, all they're doing, Bride, is getting you ready for this, okay? Because they want people to go, to give up Christianity, and to go back to the original faith. But the problem is, is this Noahide is not the uh, Torah, okay? This is a mixture of Kabbalah and all the different books. So I'm just telling you, this is in the UN. Now let's check out the UN. Go to UN.org. And remember, I did a whole training session on teaching you about... Uh, the 17 sustainable development goals that they have, okay? And this is where they are wanting, see right here, this UN Sustainable Developmental Goals, 17 goals to transform our world, which the United States is in this, bride. Shocker, shocker, it is, okay? And then all of the different goals that they have to change the nations to come together as one. Now, okay, now that you know all this, let's go back over here to the breaking Israel news right here. Okay, so nations invited for animal sacrifice on Mount of Olives renewing Noah's covenant. And by the way, this Israel Bible is a bunch of junk. Don't get it. All they're trying to do, I'm trying to teach you, Brad, okay? They are trying to talk to you with evangelical tongue to get you to go along with all this stuff. That's what that Israel Bible is. Okay, so let's scroll on down. 
And it says on September 25th, the 5,780th anniversary of the day on which Jewish tradition holds the world was created. The Sanhedrin is holding a conference for the emerging organization of 70 nations. The conference will culminate in an animal sacrifice made by representatives of the nations on the Mount of Olives in which they will renew the covenant made by Noah upon leaving the ark. The conference will begin Wednesday, September 25th, the Hebrew month. Uh, lectures and discusses, discussions will focus on the Noahide obligations upon incumbent upon all mankind. Incumbent means soon to be taken place. Now, to a lot of you, this will be very shocking because it was very shocking to me. I did not know about this until I came to D.C. So. Uh, to many of you out there that's trying to debunk what I'm telling you, research this stuff. Okay? All right, so there's that. Now, let's go back and let's see what actually happened. Are you ready? Okay. There's another call wanting them to come to 70 Nations. They're calling it to celebrate the creation of the world, so they're going to sacrifice an animal like Noah did when he got off the ark. All right. Okay, the 70 nations sacrificed on the Mount of Olives, a personal account. The Sanhedrin is advocating for the establishment of an organization of 70 nations based on Mount Zion and as part of this effort facilitate an animal sacrifice to renew the covenant that Noah made in the name of all mankind with God when he exited the ark. That sacrifice took place on Thursday on the Mount of Olives. I reported on the event, would like to give a personal account here, but first I feel free that I must do a disclaimer. Now, disclaimer for Christians. At the conference, I met with delegates from South America. The overwhelming love for Israel that is flowing out of South America is astounding and is something I would like, I would very much like to understand. So I was disappointed when they told me they would not attend the sacrifice. They explained that for them, Jesus was the final sacrifice that atoned for their sins. Now, how many believe this out there? How many? Do we still have Christians alive out there that still believe that Jesus was the final sacrifice? Now listen to what this guy says. They explained that for them, Jesus was the final sacrifice that atoned for their sins, but I do not personally share this belief, nor will I ever. But the sweetness of their belief and where it takes them in their service of God touched me deeply. Now, Brad, I want you to consider something and just listen to me, okay? These people that partner with the Jews, these religious people, these pastors, these evangelical pastors that partner with the Jews, okay? Now, this all goes back to that uh, where they're trying to say the uh, replacement theology deal. But just think, just listen to me a minute. All right, you take the Jews. Okay, who believe that Jesus is not the Messiah. They believe that their Messiah is going to come 
okay? And their Messiah is going to, you know, set up a temple on this uh, mountain, the third temple, and then they're going to worship this guy as the Messiah, okay? Now, you take these evangelicals that believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, supposedly, okay? And then they try to tell the Jews Jesus is the only way to heaven. Do you think that the Jews are going to partner with them when their religion says that Jesus is the only way to heaven? The Jews will think you're, you're talking replacement theology because replacement means uh, that Jesus is the final sacrifice. Okay. Now, do you think they would partner with them in these events? If they think that your religion thinks that you're the only road to heaven, I'm just talking common sense here. That is what this guy is saying. I don't believe that. that's what he's saying right here on breaking Israel news. Okay, so I'm just trying to tell you, Brad, that something is fishy in the waters there. Because that is called dual covenant. Dual covenant says, I'm going to partner with you Jews. Because your Torah faith is going to take you to heaven and my Jesus faith is going to take me to heaven. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to try to proselytize you. I'm not going to try to win you to Jesus. Because the covenant that you have with God is solid. You are God's chosen people and you are going to heaven there. That is what dual covenant is, Brad. So... These people that partner with the Jews, that has to be what they're teaching. Because why would the Jews partner with someone that says Jesus is the only way to heaven and all of you over there need to get saved? You, do y'all hear my heart? And now they're bringing people back to the Jewish religion, back to, they're calling it the roots, and they're doing away with Jesus being the final sacrifice. I'm going to quit preaching. All right, so let's scroll on down here. The sacrifice was a reenactment of the sacrifice described in the Bible in Genesis. Then Noah built an art, art, altar to Hashem, and taking of every clean animal and every clean bird, he offered burnt offerings on the altar. Hashem smelled the pleasing odor and said to himself never again will i doom the earth because of man since the devising of man's minds are evil from his youth nor will i ever again destroy every living being as i have done okay the sacrifice now this is from basically a, a orthodox jews perspective of why they killed this animal okay he says the sacrifice was explicitly not a sin offering. It was a burnt offering just as Noah's was. It was certainly not intended as a declaration against any belief in Jesus. Yeah, right. Please. Okay. In Jesus or any other religious belief, the Bible describes the covenant and it is between God and all of mankind. Man is required to follow the seven Noahide laws. I'm telling you, Brad, I'm trying to wake you up. All right, so the laws are not imposed by the Jews on the non-Jews, though we were the keepers of the tradition as we were in many other aspects. 
We kept the tradition for you. The laws that were renewed yesterday are as follows. Now listen. You will be considered Gentiles. They are the Jews. So in this, when they implement these Noahide laws, you are the ones that's going to have to go by the seven Noahide laws, not them, because they're the, they're the chosen ones. So here they are. Do not worship idols. Do not curse God. They have to establish the courts of justice, which I heard somebody say that it will be these Masonic buildings will be the courts of justice. Uh, not to commit murder, not to commit adultery, bestiality, or sexual immorality. Now, isn't that funny? But yet they're partnering with the LGBT. Not to steal and do not eat flesh torn from a living animal. In other words, vegetarian. So this, if you mention Jesus, you will be having an idol. In my humble opinion, there are basic laws that any person should follow. They are clearly not part of any nefarious plan for Jews to control Christians. Yeah, right. Many Christians believe that there is a prophecy that one day two branches will be grafted as one. This is what I'm trying to tell you about these people that are preaching that everybody's going to come together in Jerusalem. It's going to be one big glorious day. They're going to build this temple. The Messiah is going to return. All of that is garbage, Brad. And that's what these Orthodox Jews are trying to say here as well. It's all this as one stuff. Okay, I just wanted to tell you that they did it. And there's also a gruesome video out there that shows you the actual sacrifice, but I didn't even want to look at it because I don't want to look at that. Do you? Okay, so now here's the breaking news, Brad. Here is the breaking news. Okay, let's listen to Paul Bagley here a minute. Are you serious? Are you serious? Uh, we're going to get some Are You Serious coffee going. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, we got some breaking news funny. Here, some information. Uh, we've had this confirmed now. Uh, we got this yesterday, but we waited. Uh, till just now to decide to uh, report on it. But there has been, we have our, in our hands official orders of manpower guidance for activation and deactivation of reserve component of Marines have been ordered to active duty ISO defense support of civil authorities. And what I'm saying is, and I've had Brock read through this entire orders. He's seen orders many, many times. And also uh, Agent uh, RC also reviewed these orders as well as we've uh, contacted two or three other potential sources to confirm these are definitely, these are official orders that have been released, signed off by uh, the, the President of the United States, issued out of Washington, D.C. Now, now, the deal here is, is why? Well, first of all, Brox uh, went through it and he said, there's nowhere in here for hazard pay. He said if this was a deployment to a war zone where there was an actual uh, combat or an actual enemy out there putting people in harm's way, there would be uh, there would be a document here that would be signed off on to make sure that all of these uh, soldiers, uh, these Marines, were, would get uh, hazard pay. That's not on here. Okay, so this means they're not leaving the country. They're going to remain in U.S. territory. Now that could be a lot of places. Okay. That could be in, let's say, Hawaii uh, for fear of a missile attack from Kim Jong-un or in Guam for the same reason uh, or something to do with the Chinese, okay? 
Uh, it could be uh, in Bahamas, where there's been, of course. Well, let's go over here. I am sharing my screen. U.S. territory, but uh, still not considered a war zone. They'd be going in there on humanitarian efforts. Uh, it could be uh, the border, the southern border. Okay, uh, although I don't see any reason at this moment for that to be a deployment. It could be though Washington D.C. Uh, with the talk of all this impeachment and the fact that they are trying to rush to judgment a potential impeachment of the president of the United States in the House of Representatives. It's possible that the president uh, may have already may have signed an order on Thursday, October third, in the height of this uh, chaos. Uh, he may have already said, let's get some Marines on the ground. Let's get them in position here in the Washington, D.C. area uh, for protection of not only the president, but the protection of the House of Representatives and even the Senate uh, and, and what have you, in case there is a rush to judgment to impeach the president, the general public may rise up in the streets of Washington and try to charge the House of Representatives that would do the impeachment process. And so um, the president may be already, again, I'm speculating because I don't know where these Marines are being deployed to, but they're definitely being deployed. They are definitely going to probably, with no doubt, they're not going to a war zone. There's no hazard pay here. So they're staying. It tells you right out of the blocks, this is for manpower guidance for activation and deactivation to reserve component of Marines ordered to active duty. ISO defense support of civil authorities. So this has to do with domestic authorities needing assistance and uh, potentially for civil unrest and crowd and crowds and, and security and that whole thing that could take place if the uh, federal government felt it was being threatened by a uh, civilians who uh, were we're fed up with the federal government for some reason. And, and so, again, I don't know if that's what it is. None of the, uh, nobody, it doesn't say. Okay, we've read the complete report. We've run this by uh, several people that would know. Brock, of course, who's read many orders. Uh, and, of course, Agent RC, who's read many, many orders. And others, and, and two to three other sources we've tapped that would, this is obviously for officers to read. This is an off, the orders to an officer and what to do to prepare for this uh, deployment for all of their uh, units. And uh, so what does this mean? And, and the, I, the reason I bring this up is it's dated October 3rd. Now, there's contingent plans in place in this country for any and every type of scenario. Cascadia's subduction zone, massive earthquake. Yellowstone explosion, New Madrid fault line earthquake, San Andrea fault line earthquake, tsunami in New York City. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of contingency plans on how to deal. That's why you have a lot of FEMA camps and concentration camps and those kinds of things. Internment camps uh, is, is how to handle mass, mass destruction or mass chaos from a natural disaster or biblical proportion. But also, how do you handle uh, a civil unrest or a, or a situation uh, where the government starts to fall apart uh, due to the uh, civilian unrest. So everything has to be put into plan. I'm just saying we don't know why, okay? But October 3rd, in the middle of this uh, impeachment discussion that people are very upset about, I mean, people are very upset about the fact that the President of the United States could be impeached by the House of Representatives. This isn't going over well. Now, that doesn't mean he's out of office. Even if he gets impeached by the House of Representatives, 
it still has to go to a trial in the Senate. But, but I'm just saying, just this alone brings a lot of high anxiety. And this, I feel this is probably has to do with maintaining control of Washington, okay, if something goes down. Um, there's some other reasons I'm not even going to bring up them uh, of indictments and things we've heard about. I'm not even going to touch that. So there's a lot going on, okay? Just want to let you know. We're living in the end times. Give your life to Jesus Christ, and here's what, here's, folks, seriously. Yeah, he's telling the truth on that. We need to give our life to Jesus Christ. Uh, I wanted to show you that, Brad, because here is the actual document. Now, my messages have blown up today. What is going on in Washington? What's happening in the White House? Did they lock down the White House? Well, I looked through my correspondence with the White House, and I don't see anything about this. Isn't that something? But here is the official document on the Marines website, marines.mil uh, for military. Manpower guidance for activation and deactivation of reserve component Marines ordered to active duty uh, ISO defense support of civil authorities. This is dated October 3rd. Okay, so let me make this a little bit bigger here to where you can see it on the screen. Okay, now it says here. Let's scroll down. Okay, it says Army Reserve, Navy Reserve, Marine Corps Reserve, and Air Force Reserve order to active duty to provide assistance in response to a major disaster or emergency. Okay, and then let's scroll down a little bit. Now, remember, Brad, I just posted this morning that you need to research the Internet of Things and 5G. I've done a couple of shows about it. Uh, I just don't have enough time in a day to do all the things I want to teach you about. Uh... You know, there's so much I want to teach you about, but I just don't have the time uh, to be able to teach you. But I did write a book in 2015, which was my 2012 research paper on the Mark of the Beast. Uh, back in 2012, when I was in London, uh, I was in the Transportation Museum where they had an exhibit that said the future city. Now, the future city, they said, everything will be chipped by this little chip, the RFID chip. And they said that everything will be connected. There's billions of chips already in place. Now, this is back in 2012, people. Billions of chips in the planet. And when five, it didn't say 5G, but they said when the Internet of Things is alive, when it comes to life, all of those chips will be connected. In other words, Brad, the grid, the grid will come alive. Now, what type of power is it going to take to bring the grid to that type of power that can really give the juice to all of those chips? It's called 5G. Now, let me explain this. 
five before we read any more in this document, five G is the juice that is going to power AI, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, all of those different uh, things. It will be the power to have flying cars and internet for surveillance everywhere you go and all of the other stuff. Okay. 5G on your cell phones, you have 2G, 3G, 4G, and now 5G. All the other G's are for generations. Okay. I'm making this a short little lesson, but those were just for an increase of power. Now picture this. 5G is totally different. 5G, they're calling it a revolution. Why? Now listen, Brad, I was at the science, I mean the space summit that they had at the State Department. And I walked up to one of those scientists and I told him, I said, some of the people that's live uh, on the broadcast are asking about 5G. Can you tell me in layman's terms what it means? He wouldn't let me interview him, but this is what he told me. He said, 5G is a revolution because you have like your satellite dishes, your towers for your cell phones, and you have your modems. All of that is bringing the radio waves of the internet through the air. Okay, so kind of just picture that you have a bunch of, uh, you know, radioactive, you know, lines going through the air, which they have you know, pin some of it to cancer where you have it on your ear too much because the waves are going in your ears, you know, whatnot. Okay. Then you have your fiber optics. You have your cable underground. You have your fiber optics and you have your DSL. So that is bringing you the power of the internet through lines, underground, cable, fiber optics, and DSL. Okay. Then he said, so 5G is actually the culmination of both. It is putting them together. The lines underneath the ground, the power from that, the hard line, the hard hookup. Then you have what's flying through the air wirelessly. Okay. It will combine both. So that's why 5G is actually a revolution. Because it will be so much juice flying through the air that it will be able to activate all these billions of chips that are dormant right now that will have surveillance like you will not believe. We think we're under surveillance right now. That will be it because the Internet of Things, which I've been telling you you need to know about, is the beast. Let me say that again. The Internet of Things is the beast because when it says that the humans will have to be chipped by this RFID thing that's like the size of a grain of rice, okay, that is going to be inserted inside the human and then you will be a part of the beast, a part of the Internet of Things. You will be just like a machine because you will have all access. They will know everywhere you're at. They will be able to access you to all the machines around you and whatnot. 
But we know in the Bible that that is forbidden. If you accept that chip and you accept that the beast will come into you and basically marry you, intertwine with you inside, break blood with you, you have made a covenant with Satan. Okay. So I'm just trying to tell you, not trying to be dramatic, but I'm trying to tell you, this is a book I've written called Mark of the Beast. Okay. So anyways, when a person is chipped, they become man to machine. That's what the technical term is. So now that we're looking at this document about the Marines being dispatched, let guess what is in this document. And the president just had Finland in the White House. And guess what what the whole press conference was when Finland was in? It was to announce that the Internet of Things and 5G is going to be the main grid is going to be in Finland. Shocker. That is what the whole press conference was about, is to let us know where the beast is going to be activated. So we now know the brain is going to be located. That's what it is, is the brain in Finland, which just so happens to be uh, the biggest population of LGBT. Isn't that funny? Okay, now this guy just wrote on here, 5G is deadly, pray against it, and smart meters. Well, let me comment on that real quick. 5G, the reason that it is not released right now in full throttle, full power, is because of the latency is the technical term. Latency, okay? The latency will kill people if it's released right now. I mean, they may have gotten it down now, but last year when I was doing all this research, it was too much power. It would just fry people, okay? And so. Now, that is their whole process, trying to get the latency down where it's not so deadly to humans. I mean, think about it, Brian. Here we go with common sense again. Common sense says if you've got radioactive waves that are coming through with such power through your body, it is going to affect your body. Okay, so anyways, 5G is what they need to be the battery to the beast. Picture it like that. 5G is the battery. It's what gives the juice to the beast. So then you can forget it. They will be able to locate you everywhere. Okay, so now let's go back to this document. These are the orders that the Marines are giving out. Okay, so let's scroll on down here. I just want to read. Y'all can read this all later, but I just wanted to read you one very interesting sentence. Let's see here. It's all the orders. I didn't know they made these things public, did you, Brad? You wouldn't think they'd make it public, but they did.
Okay, here we go. I researched a lot of these acronyms. Like SEC, NAV, right there. Oh, let's see. You can see my mouse. Okay. That means Secretary of the Navy. Right there, Secretary of the Navy. This DSCA is like the Defense Something Something Association. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking for this one sentence I read, Brad. Here it is. What do you know? Let's go over here to 5i. In order to streamline activation where possible, an IAW reference E, dental screenings, ICW activation of selected reserve marines are not required. However, current physical health assessments are required. MROs, hard holds for expired PHA will not be lifted. Current PHA must be reflected in Marine Corps' total force system. IOT. Now, what is IOT, Brad? Internet of Things. IOT. Whenever you see it, you've got to understand what that is, Brad. The Internet of Things is actually the beast. It is the brain of the beast. It is the artificial intelligence of the beast, which is how Brad think about it. It's how they're going to be able to uh, surveillance people and keep up with what you're doing. Actually, on Facebook and social media is the perfect setup for the beast. You know why? Because they have been watching you and listen. They understand now what makes you tick. They know what makes you mad. They know what makes you cry. They listen to your conversations behind closed doors when you're in messenger talking about everybody. You see what I mean? They, they will know how to trigger your buttons to get you to take the chip. So the Internet of Things right here, okay? So I want to show you something on YouTube. I'm going to show you the video of the Internet of Things. Just so you understand what is coming down the pike in 2020, Brad. This it's probably already active right now. We don't even work know it. Now look who is sponsoring this one, IBM, which is in my book. Guess who IBM is, Brad? They are the ones who helped the Jews be killed. IBM. Not be killed, but they were the brain of the operation. They were the ones that uh was the internet of things back then in their day. They was the brain. The IBM was the machine that allowed them to coordinate all the millions of Jews. All right, here we go. The Internet of Things is changing much about the world we live in. From the way we drive to how we make purchases and even how we get energy for our homes. Sophisticated sensors and chips are embedded in the physical things that surround us, each transmitting valuable data. Data that lets us better understand how these things work and work together. 
But how exactly do all these devices share? All right, let me pause that real quick. Data is the most expensive commodity on the planet. Data. Well, what do you mean by that? It Data is power. Social media has been set up to gather free data. They have allowed us to do all this for free. And what did we do, Brian? We shared all of our pictures. We shared all of our family information. The who's who. Uh, so we have shared our data with them for free. So let's continue here. There are such large quantities of data. And how do we put that information to work? Whether we're improving the production of a factory, giving city residents real-time updates on where to park, or monitoring our personal health, it's the common Internet of Things platform that brings this diverse information together and provides the common language for the devices and apps to communicate with each other. The process starts with the devices themselves, which securely communicate with an Internet of Things platform. This platform integrates the data from many devices and applies analytics to share the most valuable data with applications that address industries. Say, listen, listen. The data that is gathered, okay, through the Internet of Things, will be able to tell the beast what the next action is to take. How? Because of not augmented reality, but um, what is that word I'm looking for? I just told you a minute ago. Oh, artificial intelligence. So it's gathering data. Okay, let's say, now, remember, Brad, I've been telling you that when they say extremist, we're going after the extremist. Don't think that it's all just Muslims. No. When they say extremist, they mean you, brothers and sisters. You. Because you are the ones that believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. Now, let's just say that this theory that I'm putting together for you today is correct. And you have all of these uh, Orthodox Jews are doing this deal with the Noahide laws, which is partnering with the UN, which the United States just gave them $25 million. And the UN is the one behind all this. And also they're the ones behind pushing the LGBT agenda. And so let's say that all, let's say that my theory is correct. That the uh, Noahide laws, that they're wanting to implement that. In addition to the Internet of Things, the 5G. And then having the Christian churches, the evangelical churches partner with the Orthodox Jews to pull everybody. Oh, am I still alive? Y'all let me know if I'm still alive. But the Orthodox Jews that have partnered and said, hey, we want to pull everybody back to the Jewish roots and we want you to back off of Jesus because. We're going to eventually put you in jail for saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's just not right. Because we believe in dual theology. Dual covenant. Which means my covenant says, because I'm a Jew, I'm still under the old covenant. But you being a Gentile is under the new covenant. But the problem is, 
when they come through these Noahide laws, it's going to cut off the new covenant. And they're not even truly with the old covenant because they're off with the Kabbalah and all the other stuff. So anyways, let's go back to this video. Specific needs. Let's start with a simple example, a car. After taking a long road trip, Rebecca notices that her check engine light has come on. She knows that she needs to have her car looked at by a mechanic, but is not sure whether it's something minor or something that needs immediate attention. As it turns out, the sensor that triggered Rebecca's check engine light monitors the pressure in her brake line. This sensor is one of many monitoring processes throughout the car, which are constantly communicating with each other. A component in the car called the diagnostic... All right, let me, let me pause that a minute. All these sensors, then passes it to... Let me pause that a minute. Let me give you something else. The way that you see... Let me back this up a little bit. Now, this is through my years of research, Brian. It's been seven years now. All right, let me back up a little more. Back up, back up. Okay, do you see right here the way that they're describing that the sensors all in this vehicle is reporting back to the main brain? Okay, when a person becomes chipped, it will be the same way. They will be chipped in that hand right there, and all of the parts inside this temple will be exactly the same. It will all report back. How's your heart doing, your lungs, all your organs? What have you been eating? It will be, they will have no more control. If you have diabetes and you're eating something you should not be eating, you will be alerted to the police. Y'all think I'm kidding. But the insurance will not cover them anymore because they're eating the wrong thing when they have diabetes and they know better. Okay, so let's continue. I just wanted to show you that this little scenario right here, picture that inside your body. Car, which are constantly communicating with each other. A component in the car called the diagnostic bus gathers the data from all these sensors, then passes it to a gateway in the car. The gateway integrates and sorts the data from the sensors. This way, only the most relevant diagnostic information will be transmitted to the manufacturer's platform. But before sending this organized data, the car's gate... Which, by the way, did you know that when you buy a new car, picture this, I think within the last five years, that that car is now monitoring you? Monitoring you and monitoring your driving? Yes. When I was, my, my car that I just uh, received as a gift from the Lord is a 2015. It's almost five years old, right? So I'm reading the manual, like how to take care of my car and what's the first chapter. Toyota, because it is a Toyota Sienna, which is a van, okay? Toyota keeps diagnostic information about your vehicle and your driving habits. Your driving habits. So it tells them if I've been speeding, if I'm breaking the law, it is reporting, it is reporting back to the manufacturer. Is that not what they're saying right here? So is the Internet of Things already going? Let's check this out. Gateway and platform must first register with each other. And yeah, let me rewind a little bit. Here we go. Must first the data from the sensors. This way, only the most relevant diagnostic information will be transmitted to the manufacturer's platform. 
But before sending this organized data, the car's gateway and platform must first register with each other and confirm a secure communication. The platform is constantly gathering and storing thousands of bits of information from Rebecca's car and hundreds of thousands of cars like hers, building an historical record in a secure database. Isn't that something? The manufacturer has added rules and logic to the platform. So when Rebecca's car sends a signal that her brake fluid has dropped below a recommended level, the platform triggers an alert in her car. The manufacturer also uses the platform to create and manage applications that solve specific issues. In this case, the manufacturer can deploy an application on the platform called the Asset Management System. This application oversees all of their customers' cars on the road, as well as all the parts in their warehouses. It uses the data from Rebecca's car to offer her a potential appointment time to service her car, directions to the nearest certified dealer, and a coupon for the service. What's more, the app will ensure that Rebecca's brakes are covered under her warranty, that the correct replacement part is ordered, and then sent to the dealership so it is ready when she arrives. But the manufacturer's analysis does not stop there. They have also deployed a continuous engineering application that tracks not only Rebecca's car, but hundreds of thousands of others, looking for ways to improve the design and manufacturing process of the car itself. If the same problem in her brake line crops up in a critical number of other cars, the manufacturer uses applications custom-built for the automobile industry to pinpoint the exact problem. They can see if these cars were made at the same factory, used the same parts, or came off the assembly line on the same day. So what do all these pieces add up to? Uh -huh, Streamlined inventory management for the dealer. A better yeah, they're still watching. The and for Rebecca, it means she can be back on the road faster. Well, and get yeah, refresh your screen. Back. All thanks to the Internet of Things. All right, Brad. Y'all let me know if you're still with me because my friend just called and said they kicked me off. Are y'all still with me? Oh, cars from 2007, huh? Well, I wanted you to understand a little bit of the Internet of Things. That's one video. Okay, this one is from Eureka. Let's check out this video. The Internet of Things, or IoT, is influencing our lifestyle from the way we react to the way we behave. From air conditioners that you can control with your smartphone, to smart cars providing the shortest drought, or your smartwatch which is tracking your daily activities. IoT is a giant network with connected devices. These devices gather and share data about how they are used and the environment in which they are operated. It's all done using sensors. Sensors are embedded in every physical device. It can be your mobile phone, electrical appliances, vehicles, barcode sensors, traffic lights, and almost everything that you come across. And one day, the human. These sensors continuously emit data about the working state of the devices. But the important question is, how do they share this huge amount of data and how do we put this data to our benefit? IoT provides a common platform for all these devices to dump their data and a common language for all the devices to communicate with each other. Data is emitted. Pause. Let me go back here. Okay. When they show this graphic right here, Brian, and they, I feel like I'm teaching a college class. <laughs> okay. When they show this graphic of all the different things that are connected, what are they showing? A drone? Other devices? In the cloud? The world? Up and down? Internet? Location? Which is your GPS? Okay, your cell phone. Uh, basically, anything you push play on is what that looks like, doesn't it? 
email, uh, your computer. You know, I'm just showing you all the different things. Now, when a human gets chipped, okay, and y'all think, oh, this woman is crazy. Really? They're already doing it in Wisconsin in a company. They're already doing it in Europe. Back when I was there in 2012, they was doing it in Europe then, which is in my book, Mark of the Beast. Which, by the way, that book is very technical because I'm giving technical a lot of technical information. Here we go. Data is emitted from various sensors and sent to IoT platform security. IoT platform integrates the collected data from various sources. Further analysis is performed on the data, and valuable information is extracted as per requirement. Finally, the result is shared with other devices for better user experience automation and improving efficiency let us look at a scenario where iot is doing wonders in an ac manufacturing industry both the manufacturing machine and the belt have sensors attached they continuously send data regarding the machine health and the production specifics to the manufacturer to identify issues beforehand a barcode is attached to each product before leaving the belt. It contains the product code, manufacturer details, special instructions, etc. The manufacturer uses the Now picture this, Brad, the barcode being on a human. Picture that slide there is monitoring all the humans where they're at. And let me tell you something, Brad. If you don't think your friends would turn you in, let me inform you real quick. If you do not get that chip, they will turn you in. Because why? They'll get extra points on social media or something like that. <laughs> Let's continue. Data to identify where the product was distributed and track the retailer's inventory. Hence, the manufacturer can make the product running out of stock available. Next, these products are packed and parceled to different retailers. Each retailer has a barcode reader to track the products coming from different manufacturers, manage inventory, check special instructions, and many more. The compressor of air conditioner has an embedded sensor that emits data regarding its health and temperature. This data... Which, by the way, just a second ago when they said that uh, this is the brain considering what everything is doing, gathering all the data across the earth of what everybody's doing. Who do you think, Brad, is the only one that can disrupt this brain? Who is the only one? Evangelical Christians! Why do you think we're the ones being attacked and being labeled as extremists? Why? Because we are the ones that is would stand up against the beast. Why? Because we will not, we believe the Bible, in other words, okay? There's people that will just follow ministers off the cliff. The ministers will say, no, this is okay. You can do this. Don't worry. The rapture hasn't taken place yet, so you can take the chip. So people will end up being chipped and they will just be doomed to hell. That is the truth of it, Brad. They will follow these people off a cliff instead of researching. You have got to research. I see my numbers going down right now live. <laughs> I am telling you the truth, Brad. We cannot 
be chipped. We cannot partner with the Internet of Things. They can chip our phones. They can chip our credit cards. They can chip everything around us. But do not touch my temple. This is the thing we have to know, bride. And why God is having me do this as a watchman on the wall, bride, I have no idea except that the Lord is requiring that I speak truth and that I tell you that we cannot take the chip, okay? Do not let anything like that in your temple because you are already bought by the Lord. He owns your temple. You're not allowed to allow the beast or computer inside of you uh, to become a part of this. So let's continue here. Data is analyzed continuously, allowing the customer here to contact you for the repair work in time. This is just one of the million scenarios. We have smart appliances, smart cars, smart homes, smart cities, where IoT is redefining your lifestyle and transforming the which, by the way, there is a lady that is blowing up the uh, UN's agenda, the Agenda 2030 that I told you all about, Brian. This 2030, according to this woman, on top of the Sustainable Developmental Goals, she talks about how they are trying to get everyone to move out of the country into the cities because the cities will be so smart grid where the Internet of Things will be able to track you and listen to you everywhere you go. And so I'm like, uh, I prefer to live in the country myself, you know, type of deal. But as it showed right here in this graphic, let me show you. I'm just teaching you this, bribe because we are right upon all this. Okay, see right here where it talks about the smart city. Did you know now in these apartments in these cities, they're all loaded with smart uh, everything. You have a smart security system. Everything is smart, the appliances and everything. So let's continue. IoT is redefining our lifestyle and transforming the way we interact with technologies. The future of IoT industry is huge. Business Insider Intelligence estimates that 24 billion IoT devices will be installed by 2020. What? Pause. 24 billion devices will be installed by 2020. I gave a low number. So let me explain to you about these devices, Brad. Let me go back out here and show you this. Today is a learning day. You are learning technology today. All right, let's do RFID chip all right let's see here what they got here Let's see what they got. See, we don't care, like I said, about having the chips and everything else. Just don't plan on putting it in the human. 
Hey, CBN did something on it. Let's see what they did. The banner reads, prepare to be thrilled. And if you're into amusement parks, this convention is the place to be. Each year, theme park entertainment grows more exciting and cutting edge, like the true trackless ride systems. From trackless to cashless, we found what operators describe as the latest ways to make the park experience more convenient for customers and employees. That includes RFID. We're going to have the ability to do it through an RFID chip. So it'll be as simple as walking up, tapping your card to accept that form of payment on the system. RFID technology can sense when either a certain device or if that device is on a person, where they are, what they're doing, and depending on how you want to use it, it can help with things like data collection. RFID uses radio waves to transmit information at a distance. A microchip and an RFID tag contains unique identification numbers. Tom Foster works for PDC, Precision Dynamics Corporation. He says the organization pioneered the technology around the turn of the century. What? Passive chip, which means there's no battery. So it lays dormant on your wrist until it comes in contact with an RFID reader. Companies like PDC, which produce RFID products, say the technology helps with areas such as access control, keyless entry, and cashless point of sale. Precision Dynamics developed the first kiosk that dispenses and encodes RFID wristbands for amusement park purchases. It's like a wallet on your wrist. You simply have the ability to spend. Here again, RFID is going to drive sales. It raises a number of questions, however. What about privacy? And can the information on that wristband be stolen? With the RFID technology, we're not tracking anybody. There's a two to three inch read range. Uh, required to be able to read that information on the tag and if you can read that information on the tag there's nothing you can do with that information because everything is encrypted also on the back end server that may be the case with these wristbands but consumer privacy expert dr katherine albrecht is concerned about rfid technology in general and what the future holds they want RFID tags in your refrigerator and the objects that you buy. And ultimately, as Dr. Katina Michael is making so clear, they want these tags in us. They want mm -hmm. them in us. We're using radio frequency to identify things and transmit information all the time nowadays. Uh, I think what is coming next, though, is what the, uh, the marketers and developers of this technology call the Internet of Things. This means that every physical object would have its own equivalent of an IP address encoded into the, micro, the microchip. With the goal, Albrecht says, of tracking the consumer habits. Beyond the privacy concerns, she says RFID technology carries biblical implications, with hobbyists embedding microchips into their flesh. There will be a time when humanity will be forced to take a mark. Exactly. Mark will be on the right hand or the forehead. That's right. It is the number 666. We're told to, to, to pay attention and, and look out for that. And people who do not take that mark, of course, will not be able to buy or sell. The scripture she's referring to is Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. Some people say RFID will be the mark of the beast because it can be a, a mark in your hand that you can transmit. Um, if it isn't, and, and it may well not be, there may well be something that comes next beyond that to become, uh, to fulfill that biblical prophecy. But 
every one of those steps was getting us closer to that end destination. Radio isn't the only way that Albrecht is getting your message out about the dangers of RFID technology and what it can lead to. She's also a best-selling author, writing books for both adults and children. Albrecht has devoted a decade to studying RFID. One result of her research, the book Spy Chips, how major corporations and government plan to track your every move with RFID. She especially wants to reach younger readers with I Won't Take the Mark, a Bible book and contract for children to help kids understand the book of Revelation. Bless this Lord. I'm stunned at the number of people who have gone to VBS and summer camp and Bible school and Sunday school, and they've never even heard of the Mark of the Beast. Uh, the churches aren't preaching it. No, they're not. There's an embarrassment factor about about this, which is ironic because throughout all of history, it's been a huge topic. Now that we're actually seeing these technologies develop before our eyes, no one wants to talk about them. Exactly. I mean, working to change that, wanting people to think before blindly accepting new tracking technology. Mark Martin, CBN News, Florida and New Hampshire. That was a good article. Way to go, CBN. That was a good one. All right, so let me go back here. I hate to just show anything because I don't know a lot of these. Uh, You know, I haven't watched them, so. Here, maybe this will be a good one. These days, every product has a barcode that contains basic information about the product. Thanks to barcodes, store owners can keep track of their inventory. And shoppers can check out much faster than before. However, despite their many advantages, Barcodes must be read one at a time, and the information they contain is fixed. What if those barcodes were replaced by chips that could not only be read more quickly, but could have their information updated as well? And what if those chips could communicate with other devices? These chips already exist, and the technology they use is called RFID, short for Radio Frequency Identification. While RFID tags contain a small microchip and a transmitter, they can only be activated by an RFID reader, to which the tag returns its signal. That's why RFID is called a passive technology. Imagine that you buy a carton of milk in a supermarket. The carton's RFID tag has stored the price and the milk's expiry date. When you pick up the carton, the shelf can immediately display the carton's expiry date. When you're finished your shopping, a reader near the exit could read the tags of all your products as you pass by and immediately generate a bill for your approval. No more standing in line. Back home, Isn't that something? Equipped with an RFID reader could keep track of the expiry date of all your groceries. And if you also have a smart rubbish bin, the bin and the refrigerator could eat. Look how they call it the rubbish bin. That is funny. All right, listen, Brad. Notice how they show you all this, but they don't show the human. 
Isn't that funny? But they're already doing it in a lot of places. Uh, let me see if I can find one just real quick before we get off here about the human RFID chip, human implantation. Okay, I guess here's the news on why it's so popular in Sweden. The city of Lund in southern Sweden dates back to medieval times. Over the centuries, it's witnessed plenty of change, but now there's a whole new sort of evolution going on. I'm here to meet some of the thousands of people in the country who are adapting their own bodies, who are inserting microchips under their skin. Thousands? It means they may never have to carry a house key, train ticket, or bank card ever again. This is a microchipping party. Wow. Anna's getting an electronic chip implanted into her hand. She believes one day we'll all be chipped like her. So congratulations, Hannah. Thank you. You've been shipped. Yes. How does it feel? Feels good. I'm excited to see what people can do now. Can I touch it? Yeah, you can feel it there. I feel like this is the future. The next big thing that's going to happen. Wow. Happy Cyborg birthday to you. Congratulations. But is this sci-fi fantasy or practicality? I want to know. By anyone who wants to do this. For this teenager, microchips, it seems, are in her DNA. So you're a microchip family. Magnus and his daughter Felicia have come here together tonight because they believe this is the future. You're going to have an upgraded dad. <laughs> As they say, it was good being a human, but being a cyborg is better. Wow. It's a quick, simple procedure with potentially huge significance. So you're officially part machine. How does it feel? This is the yeah, did you catch on to her when she said that she is now part machine? Let me tell you something. That I wrote about this in my book, What Happens. When a person gets chipped, okay? When a person gets chipped, when they insert that grain of rice looking thing, the RFID chip inside you, can you believe that it embeds in your tissues? And so it becomes a part of your DNA. So it, it automatically adapts inside your body. Isn't that scary? So let's continue here. And then that lady asked her, how does it feel to become a part of the machine? Remember I told you man to machine? That's what they're calling it. Do you think in a few years time, in a decade perhaps, we'll all have things like this? Yes, of course. Right. Oh. I really do. For around 130 pounds, anyone can get a tiny microchip like this inserted just beneath the skin in their hands. I can't help feeling a bit squeamish about it. Maybe I'm just behind the times. But the younger ones, 
It's the morning after, and I'm about to catch up with Felicia and her dad, Magnus, as they get to grips with their new existence. So when you woke up this morning, was it the first thing that came to your mind? How did you feel? I felt a little bit strange because now I'm a cyborg and uh, it feels very cool. The chips in their hands use near-field communication, the same technology that allows you to pay with a contactless credit card. They can be read by a device like a smartphone. I've stored my business card on that phone. My details, phone number, email address, other stuff, blood group. Even. So what's the benefit of that? When I get customers or suppliers at work, they ask for my business card. I say, scan me. Aren't there risks involved in that as well? Can somebody pass you by and take all that information? Yes. yes, yes, it is in theory possible, but you have to be really, really close. But the main thing I think is that I choose myself what I want to store on this chip. The people I yeah, met right. don't seem to have any concerns about blurring the lines between man and machine. Hannes has made it his mission to convince more of us to get microchipped. He's what's known as a biohacker, someone who wants to improve their body with technology. What's wrong with just having contactless payment cards? We've all got phones, we've all got a set of keys. What's the point? The point is to reduce the hassle of exactly these things. Isn't that ah. ultimate laziness? No, it's, it's, it's convenience. And convenience is a pretty powerful force. I mean, biohacking. When you stand there, uh, going out your front door, you check your purse or your pockets. Okay, do I have my wallet, my charger, my keys, my phone, my all my stuff? What if you could reduce that by half? It would declutter your life. Anas has helped develop several microchips. He wants us all to hack our biology. Microchipping is, he says, just the start. I want us humans to open up and improve our uh, sensory universe, our cognitive functions, and improve uh, all different dimensions of being human. And there is so much we can do. You want to make us bionic? Indeed. I want to merge humans with technology, and I think it will be awesome. I want to understand why it's people in Sweden who are enthusiastically embracing this idea, when many others might be skeptical. This is a nation of early adopters. Sweden set to become the world's first cashless society, and the economy here is driven by digital innovation. This national rail company has taken... Wow, they want to be the first one that's a cashless society. Well, I'm telling you, Brad, this is coming down the pike. I am trying to encourage you today. Uh, to be aware, be sober, be alert. Let's finish watching this. We've only got a couple of minutes left. You can microchipping on board with two and a half thousand passengers signing up to use their chip instead of a paper ticket. I've come to the capital, Stockholm, the epicenter of this tech revolution. At this shared office, hundreds of the workers have been microchipped. So no need for a security pass to get in. Her has had his chip for three years. So I take my chip and open the, the door. Three years. Drink without cash or a card. But for him, 
it's about much more than practicality. Do you enjoy being one of the first, being a pioneer of this technology? Absolutely. A whole bunch of questions come up. Like, you know, is this ethical? Uh, do we want to have that? Or will we be sort of a nation of cyborgs in the, in the future? What will happen? So a lot of sort of really interesting discussions come out from, you know, talking about the chip. It triggers an ethical debate. Yes. For critics, the biggest future concern is over data protection. As the amount and type of information we store on microchips becomes more advanced, so do the security risks. Ben Liverton, a British scientist working in Sweden, wants to know who will have access to the data stored inside and what they could do with it. So I have the information in my chip now that's basically just me. If I don't use it for anything, then no one can really get any data on but then if I start to use it at work, then work knows when I've interacted with something at work. If I then go to the canteen, the canteen people know exactly what I've interacted with there. So the wider spread it becomes and the more that we can interact with different things, then our data is being kind of shared and incorporated in lots of different places. The nightmare situation in that case would then be that someone else has access to our own, you know, my health data. And that one day I get a letter through the door that's like an increase in my health insurance premium before I know that there's any problem with with my own health so i think we have to be cautious now in the very early stages to make sure that we're actually controlling how the information is being shared for now it seems to me what the chips can actually do is fairly limited but the people i've spoken to are convinced that this technology will one day change the way we live that in the future we will all be chipped and they are leading the way all right, Brad. Uh, I think you've all got the picture now. You definitely understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, just be sober, Brad. Be alert, okay? I don't know exactly what's happening with the military, but I did want to tell you that there is a document out there. Uh, this one right here. You can go to, I will post the link. Let me copy, and I will post it in to your comments right now. There you go. That is the link to this military document uh, for the marines.military. And then I will post you the link to... Um, Pastor Paul Bagley's... Uh, broadcast Lord bless his ministry Lord bless him in every way okay so let me give that to you and then I have got to spend time with God today because uh, here's another one by Paul Bagley you need to check out I didn't show it well wait a minute there is this part I wanted to show listen to this how do you want to come in she can't talk okay she's over this she'll get this information here but here's the thing about this, folks. While in Branson, Missouri, Dave Hodges, I was on the stage with Dave Hodges and Steve Quayle. And, of course, it was the uh, True Legends Conference. But we had a conversation just prior to going on the plat platform, shaking hands, hugging each other, and, and how you guys doing, and, and is there anything going on? And Hodges looked at me and made the statement to me. He said, well, today's going to be, today everything's fine. But within 30 days, this could be a nation 
at civil war. And I said, well, let's hope to God, nothing like that comes about. But the look on his face was one of a grim concern. Obviously his father was in intelligence and uh, Dave has a lot of in insight. Uh, Quail was looked a little puzzled as well as I did at, at Hodges' comment. But um, yes, now our feet, my contact, my FEMA con contact has just sent us an email. This is a different individual. This person just sent an email and said they've been put on high alert. It's another one. Now this is a FEMA. This is and this is a legitimate. Believe me, this is a legitimate source who has just contacted Heidi just moments ago, and that individual says that her group has been put on high alert at FEMA. So guys, something's about to take place. Uh, would you say, Agent RC, that in the next couple days, forty-eight hours, something's about to take place? It would only be a guess, but it, what it sounds like to me is is point counterstroke is what's going on. You know, um, the president mobilizes the Marines, they mobilize their forces. I'm assuming that there'll be more U.S. forces, uh, U.S. government forces being mobilized, and GMA obviously is one of them. We don't know what the rest of the branches are doing. We don't know what the rest, like the CIA, the FBI, SA, we don't know what they're being mobilized, how the lines are drawn. You know, I, I I would like to see more details, but maybe they're prepping for a complete meltdown in the in the governmental thing. Well, well, I'm thinking it's that it's been all around this impeachment. They're going to try to do something unconstitutional because they already said they were trying. And I think what will happen is that there'll be counterpoints there. But you know, to be honest with you, this nation is uh, pretty strong. And I think that it would be, a, um, if they did try something, it would be a brief fight. Well, I think that uh, obviously whatever it is is about ready to take place. Uh, you know, Trump is preparing by getting Marines uh, deployed here in the, in the, within the country to wherever he feels that the issue will take place. And I'm going to guess it's Washington, D.C. I'm, I'm going to say. I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's a little simpler than that. After thinking about it, I think these Marines are going to backfill the active duty. So what I mean by that is that the Marines are mobilized, let's say the 1st and 2nd Division, and they deploy out of their bases. Well, the Reserve Marines will go in and take over what they were doing in their bases. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I think is really going on. They're backfilling. And then it puts the Marines, you have two full divisions ready to fight. And the president's making this order on the fact that he did it on Thursday, October 6th, uh, is, is in the height of the media frenzy. And, and, uh, and the boy, you know, when he's saying things like treason, Adam Schiff, Shifty Shift, you are committing treason. And when the House of Representatives, the Speaker of the House, and some of the others are saying the president is committing treason. And when you have members of Congress saying the president should be put in solitary confinement, I mean, we've went beyond. Well, and, and also look at what happened with Pelosi the last month, month and a half. It's been pointed out to me by some good sources of mine. She's put her entire family, and we're talking grandkids, children, parents, they're alive, I don't think they're alive, but her husband, rather, and flown straight to Italy. And people keep saying, why is she doing that? Well, I think she's doing it because she's expecting problems. And 
just say Nancy Pelosi three times has just put all her family. Okay, put all her family on a plane and flew them to Italy to get them out of the country. Just load them all up and send them. They're very wealthy. I mean, the Pelosi's are billionaires. So people don't know this. They don't know this. Right. But the, the thing is, though, Pompeo was just over in Italy. And, you know, I wonder what that's all about. So there's a lot of chess pieces being moved. What I would like to see is where the Canadians, what the, the British, you know, what's going on with their military? Are they mobilizing, too? Where's the, where's well, the 82nd right now? Are they on alert? Is it a 10th Mountain on alert? So I, I need more information to say, oh, this is what's happening. Well, we're going to let you do that. We're going to let you continue to dig and get in and, and see what you can find up. And, and uh, we hope by tomorrow, folks, when we go back live again tomorrow, we'll have even more answers. But obviously, can I, can I ask for one thing, though, before you let me go? Yeah. I would like you to leave some prayer right now that this would stop. Well, we'll certainly do that. Certainly do that. I'll be praying here in just a moment. And I think that's okay, a good thing. You. God bless. Thank you, Agent RC. I appreciate that. Amen. Well, obviously, that prayer is going to have to be. All right, Brad, I want to read you something else that another person sent me. Uh, the saga keeps going. Now, this is just a very uh, another point of view about what's happening with the military uh, ruling that just went out right here. Let me go back over here. Uh, this is from the Marines.mil where it talks about being uh, activated. Okay. So look at this. This is from Ronald Owens. He is someone that I've interviewed here. He's an author. But he has a lot of different ways that we can uh, check into this information. Let me make this bigger for you. All right. Okay, here we go. On Dave Hodges' homepage, he displays the 1 million UN troops, and this is what y'all keep telling me about, uh, keep asking me about what is going on with these UN troops, are in place to execute a coup against the United States, and Trump is calling up the reserves headline. So I guess they're trying to say, is this related? You know, like, uh, is this related to the Marines being called up? Okay, so they give us the link to click on. Common sense show one million UN troops. Okay, Hodges said here that the UN could be planning a coup. He said truckers have seen UN sightings of troop movement in Utah, Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, Arkansas, New Mexico, Wyoming, Idaho, Missouri, and Illinois. Now, I'm curious to know how did the truckers know that they actually saw UN troops? I'm also curious to know how did Hodges come up with the 1 million UN troop estimate? Now, the only reason I find this hard to believe is because we were just at the UN like last week. So, and everybody was chummy chummy there. So I don't know how this news report could be true, but I'm just telling you I'm not military or anything. So Hodges also said the UN troops remain hidden until an unexpected civilian uprising. Oh, okay. Oh, 
So they're here to hell. I was going to say, I can't see the UN coming in against the president because them and the president are together. I, don't, I didn't get that one. Okay, but it says more UN troops are reportedly, all reportedly migrated across our southern border. We're moving by rail into Indiana and Tennessee. They are being deployed in areas where there are Trump supporters. What? The question Hodges rhetorically asked is, why are they being deployed to red states? Oh, Lord. Hodges theorized that they could be planning a coup. He suspects that the globalists are being proactive in pre-positioning military assets to prevent President Trump's supporters from retaliating on what they're planning. Oh, remember earlier, that's what they were saying. Could there be a civil war? Uh, because of what they're trying to do, the president type of deal. Hodges theorized that they could be planning a coup. He suspects that the globalists, okay, I just read that. Hodges corroborated, corroborated his information with Steve Quayle, a Christian radio host, filmmaker, and published book author. A highly, highly placed source told Quayle that there's a massive buildup of UN troops in the heartland of the USA. Hal Turner reported this and more. Here's an excerpt of what Turner also posted. At present, there are more than 100,000 sealed criminal indictments on the 94 federal district courts of the country, an unprecedented number never before seen in our nation's history. There is scuttlebutt rumor that many of those indictments are of the cabal that has been quietly running the country for decades. Well, we know that to be the deep state. Included in that cabal might be current legislators at both the federal and state levels. If those indictments are unsealed and a slew of current politicians find themselves being perp-walked, they might call for an uprising. Well, the first thing that pops in my mind is... um, Maxine Waters, remember her uh, calling for an uprising against the president, you know, years ago. They may also get their mind-numbed supporters to do it. There are also rumors of a financial class potentially happening, which which would see government implode on its own debt. If that took place, government could no longer fund welfare and food stamps, and that could also trigger widespread troubles. And then it says, click on this link to read that and more. I will share this, Brad. I'm now wondering if this is why California Senator Kamala Harris wrote a letter uh, to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. In that letter, Harris, a Democratic presidential candidate, and also, Brad, she's the one that I was so upset about because when you walk in her building, uh what is the name of that building uh it's where i do my senate bible studies i can't think right now but when you walk in that building she is the first one on the right with her transgender flag lgbt flag she's from california okay so in that letter harris a democratic presidential candidate asked the social media company to consider suspending President Trump's Twitter account. I'm just theorizing. President Trump 
already activated military reservists on October 3rd, 2019, which is what I read you all this morning. The long headline of this military speak communicate announced that the commander in chief issued manpower. That's what I read to you right there. There's the link. That's what I gave you. Uh, POTUS's Marines Reservist call-up order. Be at rest, but pray and always have extra provisions. Remember Noah, the builder of the ark, and Joseph, the number two man in Egypt, were both prippers. Ah, that's funny. The Lord has everything under control. President Trump has contingency plans for anything that the globalists and UN are planning. Impeachment will go nowhere. Let's continue to pray. Let's decree and declare. Okay. I am going to copy this. Let me copy. Okay. And then I'm going to make this smaller for a minute. Go over here. I'm going to paste it inside the comments so you can see this as well. I do believe that the UN uh, is definitely partnered with the globalist, which is why I could not understand why the president would partner with them. You see what I mean? So I'm just merely giving you these sources, Brad, uh, so you can just be sober and be alert. But I'm definitely educating you about the Internet of Things and the RFID chip. And for you to be aware of those things, because that is what is swinging around the corner. Okay, so this is Dr. June out. Y'all have a blessed day.